up, everybody? It is your boy, Tony West, and I am here with my man, Jarrell Wheeler. Jumping into the Week 16 All Things College Football Podcast, a special edition today, really of more so, I'm going to say National Signing Day or Early National Signing Day, uh, you know, um, coverage of this. Uh, Jarrell, before we get into anything, how you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. A little tired, been doing a lot of running around today, but hey, it's all good. Yeah, kind of same here, finishing up on some, you know, last-minute Christmas shopping. Um, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody um, before we even jump into this. Um, but, yeah, let's just jump right into it, man. Uh, today is early National Signing Day, um, which is now kind of starting to become the new signing day because kind of like all the big guys, if you really think about it, especially over the past, I think they started just like two or three years ago, all of the big-time recruits are like, committing early now like and signing early so they can come in january um for because a lot of people come like middle of the year um and they start you know school a, a, a semester early um how do you feel about just that before we even jump into anything how do you feel about this early you know signing period and then you know the actual signing day that happens in february how do you feel about that oh it's crazy because uh most guys who on like you know in the playoffs in their high schools, mm-hmm. you know, most of these guys are coming straight off the playoffs. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, mm-hmm. if I'm going to turn around and make that commitment, it's crazy. Yeah. But I don't really think it's going to be anything, you know, crazy coming in, coming in the uh, next few years as far as guys signing early or just want to wait until February to sign. But if you have a recruit, though, I wonder how it makes you look if you don't sign or early sign the day, you know, towards the team. Right, because you know what if you got a guy, say like you like a, you know like a quarterback or something, mm-hmm. and you and you want to wait till February, but there's another quarterback trying to go to the same school, mm-hmm. and he signs on early signing day. I wonder how they start the team or school, how they start to you know side eye you if you yeah. wait for February, because I think it just kind of shows like who's committed. Who, yeah, you know what I'm saying, like who's more ready, who's more committed. And, and you know what? That that's a very good point because I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you but is that this actually happened to somebody? I don't know if you know Stephen Gilmore. Um, he played for South Carolina. Um, he's South in the NFL really. now. He plays for the Patriots. Oh yeah, duh. <laughs> His little brother that happened to him last year. He originally was committed to South Carolina. No, or was it Clemson? It was either Clemson or South Carolina. I can't remember off the top of my head now. But Stephen Gilmore's little brother was committed, I think, to South Carolina. He didn't commit early enough. So they were like, you know what, we're going to have to pull your offer because you t- you didn't commit on time, and somebody else did. Nice. And uh, I think actually uh, Horn, J.C. Horn's son, is actually uh, J.C. Horn, which is actually the son of Joe Horn, uh, the guy that played for the Saints. Uh, His son, which is J.C. Horn, actually signed uh, before um, – before uh what's the guy's name Gilmore signed before he did I can't remember if it was Clemson or South Carolina that's really bothering me now and I'm probably gonna figure that out in a few seconds here but he, I think it was South Carolina and they wanted to sign him but he didn't want to sign that early because he still was kind of up in the air so they ended up rejecting his offer back from him Man. and that's just kind of crazy that you brought that up because that actually has happened uh to people so that's actually pretty crazy man that is. Yeah, that that's definitely happened to people. Now I'm really curious to know, you know, what actually happened 
um, with that situation. But yeah, I remember something like that where it was kind of like they had to take him back because they decided to take, you know, somebody else, which turned out to be J.C. Horn. Um, but yeah, I think it's very unique about this new signing day thing. Um, I do think it's kind of creative. I do think it's kind of a little bit different. And um, yeah, I think it's a little bit different. And actually, just to answer that question for you, it was South Carolina. Mm. Um, South Carolina was the team that offered him. They rejected his offer. And then um, after that, he ended up actually going on as a walk-on at South Carolina. Man. And then at that point, um, he actually was about to go as a walk-on at South Carolina, and he actually ended up going to uh, Marshall. So that's where he at now. That's where he's at now. He's at Marshall. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's what happened with that situation. So, yeah, but just to kind of get into the whole, you know, recruiting class, I just want to talk about the top ten teams real quick. We're going to run through that. As of right now, 738 uh, Eastern time, Top 10 teams right now are Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, LSU. Automatically off the rip, you notice the top four teams are from the SEC. Uh, keep that in mind. Um, Oregon is at five, which we're going to talk about them in a few minutes because they're having a tremendous day. Um, Oklahoma, Clemson, Michigan, Texas, and Penn State. Those are the top 10 teams as of right now. Um what kind of surprised you about the top 10 teams as of right now? Because the list, for the most part, kind of stays the same every other year. Um, but what kind of surprised you on this list? Uh, really, you know, A&M, mm-hmm. especially with Jimbo Fisher coming in. And for him to get a, a, a top class like that off the rip, mm-hmm. it kind of amazes me. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, even though Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher, you know, came from the state, you know he got he you know he got some kind of credibility to him, but just off the rip though. But yeah, yeah I mean I'm kind of not surprised that you know the top come out the you know SEC because I mean let's be honest, I mean Georgia they had a good recruiting class last year. They on the come up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it don't really surprise me to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. but Oregon, Oregon, not that. that yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's not, that's yeah, not Oregon, surprised. Oregon was not. Whew, I did not see that coming. And that's what me and you were actually talking about. Especially the recording. Pac-12 at that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what me and you were just talking about before um, the recording was Oregon. They have did so good. I mean, obviously getting K-Bond on Saturday was a huge deal for them. I mean, everybody kind of thought, you know, it was a done deal. He was going to probably end up going somewhere like Bama. But for him to go somewhere like Oregon kind of just caught everybody off guard. Because when I seen him, because he actually put his final four out I want to say like last Thursday or Friday, and I think it was like Alabama, you know, the typical same teams, Alabama, Georgia, you know, same typical teams. And it was, I think it was Alabama, Florida, Florida State, or Miami or something like that, and then um, Oregon. And when I seen Oregon, I said, hmm, now that's strange. He's a West Coast kid, so that wasn't really a the surprising thing about it. But with Oregon, I was kind of shocked. Like, he put Oregon on his list? Like, not even like as a shade, but like, you know, Oregon ain't really been that type of Oregon since we were in, like, high school. We're talking, like, 2012, 2013. Mm. And, um, like, recruiting big, big-time players. And for them to get Kayvon Wallace, I mean, they are looking pretty decent. And then we also talked about, me and you talked about before the recording, is how Oregon is just completely obliterating the, 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 the California coast. I mean, they are killing California right now. I mean, they are taking all of UCLA, USC, and and Cal's players. I mean, they are coming in and sweeping up shop. I looked at it earlier. They have seven of the top 50 players 
in California coming to Oregon. That's crazy. It is. I mean, USC and UCLA normally dominate that area. I mean, they literally normally dominate that area. Um, so just to see that they're just coming in and cleaning up shop in California. I mean, obviously, Oregon is not going to have a lot of talent there. Washington is not a hotbed for college football. Um, for recruiting-wise, it's not. California is it on that coast. California and maybe Nevada. You can get some decent players out of Bishop Gorman in Nevada, too, as well. And they're literally killing it in California. So how do you feel about what they're doing in California and how Oregon is just – it seems like they're getting back to the program and recruiting. Yeah, like, like we talked about earlier, back when, you know, when we was in high school, you know, around that 2009, 2010, 11, you know, so on range, or those years. I mean, it seemed like Oregon was kind of like already dominating California as well. Because, I mean – it's not surprising. I think it's more so that how USC and UCLA kind of like dropped the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because USC, USC was always the dominant program out in California, the West Coast period. So it's kind of like everybody kind of like just wanted to play for USC. Mm-hmm. But for Oregon just to take seven of your of your top recruits, man, yeah. man. Or UCLA and USC should be ashamed of themselves and letting that happen. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, honestly, man. They should be. And it's um, crazy because Oregon, remember, remember when they was the only school that had, like, crazy jerseys and they, yeah. were, they was really running that spread offense like yeah. nobody else? And it's mm-hmm. like everybody else has uh, – every other school has, like, adapted that same thing. Everybody got jerseys. Everybody, you know, running that crazy offense. Mm-hmm. And it's like for Oregon to come back and – I don't want to say resurrect, but just get back to where they was at. Recruit-wise, it looks real good. I'm that's not what I'm saying. Lie. That is crazy. I ain't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't either, honestly. I mean, they've had a lot of Kurt coach turnover in the last few years here, obviously with Taggart being there yeah. year and things like that. So I didn't think they would turn it around this quick. But, I mean, hey, I'm not knocking them at all. Like I said, I remember in middle school and high school where Oregon was, like, so dope because they had so many different – you know, uniform combinations, and they are kind of – they were playing really – really, let's be honest. Back in, like, 2012, 2011, 2013, Oregon was playing in the future. What yeah. college football is now is what Oregon was doing back then, 2013, 2012, 2011. You know, what, what, what they're doing now in college football, Oregon was already doing that. And I think now to see them kind of getting themselves – I don't want to say back on the map yet. Let's not go too far. Um, but – if these recruits pan out, I mean, they could be in a very good position in about two years. I mean, yeah. they really could find themselves in a good position. I think I'm very impressed with what they're doing up there at Oregon. But I do kind of want to just give a run of uh, the top ten players that, you know, have committed at least. Nolan Smith, number one player in the country. Uh, you can say him and Kayvon are kind of 1A, 1B. Um, Nolan Smith out of IMG Academy. He committed to Georgia. Kayvon obviously went to Oregon. Derek Stingley goes to uh, LSU. He's out of Baton Rouge, so he's deciding to stay home. Uh, Zach Harrison, another big-time weak side, uh, strong side DN, he committed to Ohio State. He wants to stay in the state of Ohio. Trey Sanders was a little bit of a surprise to me. I thought he was kind of leaning Georgia a little bit, especially after some tweets that he put out this weekend. But he did decide to go to Bama. 
um, as well as Daxton Hill. Me and you just talked about him actually as well before the recording. Daxton Hill actually decommitted from Alabama. What was that, Saturday? I mean, from Michigan Saturday. He decommitted from Michigan and flipped over to Bama. And then now he flipped today back to Michigan last minute. And it caught even Michigan, you know, individuals and fans inside the program. It caught them off guard that he flipped back. They were actually shocked. So Daxton Hill did end up coming back to Michigan. I know you want to elaborate a little bit on that. Um, But, yeah, that's so far the people in the top ten. There's still a few players in the top ten that have yet decided. Um, But uh, those are kind of like the just of everybody. I do want to see where Jaden Hazelwood is going to go. A lot of people believe uh, he's either going to commit back to Georgia or go to Oklahoma. If I was him, I would go to Oklahoma. That's just me. But uh, what what's your take on this top ten list and like you know the players on there and what kind of caught you by surprise? I know you wanted to talk about Daxton Hill a little bit. Well, Daxton Hill, um, I was reading that when uh, there was speculation that Harbaugh would leave. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what made him, you know, flip. Uh, yeah, flip the Bama. Mm-hmm. But then you know, once that spe- speculation was ended, you know, he kind of went back to Michigan and. Just with the top ten in general, uh, I mean, the only one that really surprised me was uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, you know, same. And it's crazy because, um, you know, when I look at him and uh, Nolan Smith at of mm-hmm. IMG, it, I don't know, man. It's like either way, I think those dudes are going to be like the next, like, big things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why I said 1A, 1B. I mean, that, you could I, argue that both of them were – I and, mean, uh, basically, kind of similar to last year when you had Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, one A, one B, and we're gonna get uh, Justin Fields into a few minutes too as well, and, uh, and his uh, transfer requests and stuff. But go ahead. I was, I'm with you on Trey Sanders. He did seem like a another another Georgia running back mm-hmm. into the program. He did, but I ain't really mad at him at you know going to no. two. You know, I ain't mad at that. Can't be. And uh, uh, Jaden Hazelwood, yeah, still interested to see what he's gonna do. You know mm-hmm. that you know he's a you know a tall receiver. You know either mm-hmm. way, I think um, if he does go to Oklahoma, I think he, I, I hey hey he gonna do some he gonna do some things there. But I wouldn't be mad if he went to Georgia either, because I mean mm-hmm. he still got from there. You yeah. know you know you know the receivers at uh, Georgia not that bad. You know you, you think about Miko Hartman and you know, all those other guys. So mm-hmm. either way, w- which one he chooses, I wouldn't be mad at it either way. Yeah no. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. And um, I also want to point out, I know you love the way Oklahoma runs, you know, plays the game. Spencer Rattle, Rattler is another one that they oh, just yeah. got uh, that he looks pretty decent, man. I'm not going to lie to you out of Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, I'm not lying, man. If Lincoln Riley has pulled it off again, I mean, <laughs> at this point, I'd be like, man, listen, I'm tired of you pulling off these great quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely see what works out with that. Um, I did kind of want to just touch on some other guys that I'm, like, kind of excited to see a little bit. And then I kind of want to talk about some of the teams a little bit locally to us in our area, like kind of in the SEC, ACC range. Um, I did want to talk about uh, John Emery. He committed back to LSU a few months ago, about a month or two ago. I thought that was a good pickup for LSU. Zach Pickens, uh, like I said, good friend of – my nephews, actually, him and uh, my nephew played on the same high school team. South Carolina got a very good player in him. Andrew Booth, 
is going to be a tremendous player for Clemson. I think he's going to do a good job. And then another one that I'm very interested in as well that I think is going to be a tremendous player is um, uh, George Pickens um, out of Hoover going to Auburn. Uh, I watched him play at the beginning of the year, and I think he actually played against Jalen. Uh, he played. It was in one of those ESPN games. You know how they play the high school ESPN yeah. games the first week of the season, um, right there, like right in Labor Day time. It was that game, and I watched George Pickens, and he looked really good. So I think that's another one. I think Auburn's getting a steal right there at wide receiver as well. So I just kind of wanted to go uh, over that. But I'm going to tell you about another one that kind of caught me off guard just to bring it a little bit locally to us. Sam Howell, um, four-star oh, yeah, out of, uh, out of uh, you know, Sun Valley, not too far from me, about 30 minutes from where I'm at, um, you know, going to North Carolina over Florida State. Now, that caught me off guard, and I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to get into Sam Howell uh, just originally at first. Sam Howell is a tremendous guy, talented guy. I've had the uh, privilege of really watching him play over really the last four years. He's been a starter since he was a freshman. Um, Sam Howell is tremendous. He's a great guy. Uh, he's ranked 87 in the country, uh, number two player in the state behind Kovars Crouch in North Carolina. He's been committed to Florida State, I want to say, since like last year or the beginning of this year. Um, he's been committed to Florida State for a long time. And then today, he flipped last day. And uh, it caught kind of everybody off guard. It kind of didn't know at the same time just because South Carolina, I mean, uh, Florida State had been having such a rough year. So that's what kind of like, you know, gave it up. But how did you feel about Sam Howell just kind of switching right there uh, all of a sudden at the end there. Well, as a Florida State fan, not you know really all that happy about it, but yeah. it's okay. I mean, I ain't. I mean, Carolina though. I ain't see that coming. I don't know if Mac Brown. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see that. that coming either. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if Mac Brown had anything to do with that, or you know, Carolina might have you know dropped the bag on him. I don't know. Either way, uh, I like I said, I didn't see that coming. But it's you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned Sam Howell. Because uh, a guy from my hometown, uh, Emory Simmons, mm-hmm. he was committed to uh, Penn State. He's a wide receiver. He's committed to Penn State for a while. Right. But he also flipped to Carolina as well. So Wow. So, so Mac Brown really doing some big-time recruiting in the state of North Carolina. I didn't know that. I heard that, you know, a couple guys were flipping to North Carolina. But for North Carolina to get Sam Howell, I think that's the beginning of something that could be special because I think Sam Howell is a tremendous player. He's obviously very talented, um, good guy, um, very humble. Um, and like I said, he, he's a talented player. So for them to be getting somebody like Sam Howell, it's going to be a big deal. Carolina has did a – I mean, out of all the North Carolina schools today, I would say NC State would probably be the winner right now because they are in the top 25 in recruiting. Um, but North Carolina – has kind of surprised me. I'm going to be completely honest with you with their recruiting. North Carolina has really surprised me on what they did, and um, I'm impressed. I'm not going to lie to you. I am very impressed on what North Carolina has did um, so far. I mean, for them, that's I mean, that's pretty good for them to get a, a top player like that, really the top quarterback in the state of North Carolina. For them to kind of bring that home, I think that's big for them, and I think that's a big deal that they should be definitely taking seriously. Right, right. Yeah, but uh, I think North Carolina is definitely doing the right thing. I I would still say NC State, as of right now, is doing, you know, better. Just to kind of talk about them, because they're at 26 right now. They were at, like, 22. 
They've now dropped to 26. Um, I wonder also, I know this is not really locally, but Purdue is in the top 25. I think Jeff Fromm needs to kind of get some credit here. Uh, if you can recruit at Purdue, I mean, you're really doing something special. And I think him obviously staying there makes a big deal. I mean, they have four four-star guys. For them, that's big. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's big. And I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Chad Morris at Arkansas. He has eight four-star players right now committed. That's crazy Man. For, for for Arkansas, you know. So I think that that should be noted. But just to talk about kind of locally, uh, you know, around the East Coast, uh, I just want to kind of touch on Wake Forest. Uh, they're at 47 right now. They have uh, two four-star recruits as well. Um, so that's who's kind of in the top 50 right now. Uh, North Carolina, I think, is right outside the top 50, if I'm not correct. Um, but they, they, they've made some big kind of some big moves that have, have made them look a little decent. They're actually doing some pretty decent recruiting. So uh, really kind of excited to see what they're going to do with Sam Howell and kind of see how they go from there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty impressed with what Mac Brown has did uh, jumping in so quick. So, yeah, you have North Carolina at 36, and then Duke comes not too far behind them at 42. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I think these teams are doing a pretty good job, uh, picking up recruits, especially NC state, uh, South Carolina's in the top 22 as well. Um, they're at 22 there. Tennessee is doing a pretty good job. 17, uh, Florida state has 14. Auburn has 11. Um, Clemson is in seven. Then, you know, you have that stack of sec schools with Alabama, Georgia, and them and LSU at the top. Um, a lot of people say college football is a, southeastern thing and i kind of think it is and you can kind of see even in recruiting if you look at it these schools are mostly from the southeastern part of the country i mean alabama georgia i mean lsu is kind of starting to can be considered a little bit heading towards southwest texas a&m southwest but it's still kind of like the south so i do think that kind of plays a role in like recruiting as well yeah definitely because uh i mean if if you you know want to be straight up about it, just talent in general it always mm-hmm. to be in the southeast. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really think of you know getting guys you know from up north. Like, from New York, yeah, right. Yeah, you know New York, or even just like the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, I mean, you know, you got California, and, you know, going to you know Texas, which mm-hmm. is the South, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's where you kind of want to get guys and. Guys tend to stay close to home, so mm-hmm. that's why you know schools, you know, in the, but in the uh, southeast, kind of always good, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And uh, now I kind of want to jump into something a little different from recruiting. I want to talk about Justin Fields a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to stay on it too too long, but Justin Fields. I know you guys have obviously heard about Justin Fields. Uh, apparently, you know, he wants to transfer out of Georgia. Um, after, you know, sitting behind from for a year, uh, he's decided that he wants to go somewhere else. Now, I know there were conflicting reports. Some reports were saying that, you know, coming from a stepmom, we haven't made a decision yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some other reports were saying, you know, he's already been talking to like Ohio State and Oklahoma and Florida State and all that. What do you really think Justin Fields is going to do? And what do you think would be best for Justin Fields? Man, when I heard, you know, last year he was going to Georgia, 
it kind of seemed weird being that, you know, Fromm was there. Mm-hmm. But then my initial thought was, okay, maybe you can probably take Fromm's spot. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, seeing what happened to Jalen Hurts, you know, going throughout the year. How, you know, led his, you know, just like uh, Fromm, just like Hurts, led his team to national, well, not national championship, but, you know, through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Had a great season. And, well, actually, yeah, national championship too, but to uh, do all that stuff and then have your spot potentially taken or taken, mm-hmm. it kind of seemed like, okay, now, well, maybe that is a possibility, but I just think, you know, Fields, maybe now that he see that he may not take that spot, I know, I don't know, that kind of like made him want to, you know, rethink things and transfer somewhere because, I mean, Farron was a sophomore, mm-hmm. you know, and he got, he has one more year to play if he wants to, uh, you know, go to the NFL or possibly mm-hmm. he may stay, you know, stay for two. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, you know, put things in perspective for Justin Fields. And if he wants to transfer, I mean, even want to be honest, he, he probably can really go anywhere outside of, you know, Bama. Or, you know, just anywhere who got like a, you know, QB right now. I was, you hit it right on the nail what I was about to say, but go so, ahead. I mean, he could really go anywhere, where, to be honest, mm-hmm. other, other than Bama and Clemson. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see <laughs> where he goes to. I hope, you know, he goes somewhere within the ACC, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that, but. Right now, I I have no idea where he would he would want to go though. And uh, and I'm gonna piggyback off of you. You hit it on the nail. What you just said. Just Fields can. I think there's 130 FBS schools. Justin Fields can go to 127 of them. The only three he would not start at would be Clemson, Alabama, and obviously Georgia. He can go to any other school after that because I'm telling you. And I think a lot of this has. Because I've even, I, I don't know if you, I, I have close sources that were pretty close with some of Justin Fields' camp, and they basically said that Justin Fields is frustrated. He's been frustrated all year. Um, You know, he's he wants to play. He wants to get on the field. He wants to make an impact. For one, I kind of go off what you said. Now, you knew Fromm was going to be there. You knew Fromm just took them folks to the national championship last year. You knew they weren't going to bench Fromm after the year he just had. And he just had another good year this year again. So I don't really know why he chose to go to Georgia in the first place, really. Um, Penn State, I mean, I kind of feel like he would have found himself in a similar situation just because Trace McSwirl and he's done been there, you know, his whole career. And, you know, they probably he probably been on the bench this year, but he probably would have started this year coming up. But going to Georgia – this kind of didn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it didn't make much sense to me because I'm like, why would you go to Georgia when you're going to probably sit behind from for two years? You're going to waste a year of eligibility. I mean, you ain't possibly two years. And if he would have stayed this year, he probably would have wasted two years of eligibility and he would only basically had one year to show itself. So I really never understood why he even went to Georgia. Cha-ching, cha-ching. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but that it does not make any sense. I don't. I like Georgia. I'm not trying to implicate them of, you know. I I don't want to put no scrutiny on them. I'm really joking, but at the same time, I'm kind of serious. Like it makes no sense why he went to Georgia. You knew you were going to be behind 
you know, from. Now, a lot of people were saying also that he was saying when he came in, he wants to compete. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you what the problem is. These coaches are over-recruiting, period. They're over-recruiting. Dabo over-recruited even, and that's my coach. He over-recruited that quarterback. I mean, that's flat out what happened. These coaches are over-recruiting, and they're oversaturating everything, and it's just too much. And I think that's what happened with Justin Fields. But for me, with Justin Fields, I think Oklahoma or Ohio State would be the best fit with him. This well, is why I well, say that. Well, is, what, what is Haskins? He's a, is he a sophomore? He's a red shirt sophomore, which means he can go on to the lead because oh, okay, okay. he's been in the program for three years, gotcha. which a lot of people are expecting that's what he may do um, is going to lead. And if I was him, that's what I would do because if he goes to the lead, he's going to be a top five pick right as of right now, honestly, especially as hot as he got these last three or four games here. Yeah. Um. So that, like I said, if Haskins goes on to lead, which a lot of people believe he will, um, if Haskins goes on to the lead, I think Justin Fields would be a perfect fit for Ohio State. I really do. Now, if Oklahoma gets him, <sighs> I'm gonna say it now. They gonna have three Heisman's back to back to back. If they get their hands on that man, but if Ohio State gets him, I still think he'll be great for. Ohio. I think he fits Ohio State or Oklahoma. But I'm telling you now, across the whole nation, you do not want Oklahoma to get that. You do not want Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley to get their hands on Justin Fields. Or I'm just telling you, that may be it. Especially if they get an incidence of a defense. Man, but. That that's how I feel about that. I think Justin Fields is making the right decision. He should have made that decision though last year before he even committed to going to Georgia because I don't see why he did that in the first place. But you know, Justin Fields, I don't see why people are ridiculing him. I see a lot of people saying, "Why? How could you do this?" Yeah, yeah. Look, that no, that don't do that to the kid. He's he's still a nineteen year old kid. He's still trying to figure things out, and he wants to play. I have no problem with him, you know, transferring. Same same reaction I have for Kelly Bryant when he transferred is the same reaction I have for Justin Fields. These guys got to do what's best for them. And they have to provide for themselves one day. What our opinions are and people's opinions are don't mean nothing to them. They have to chase what they have to chase. So I don't have a problem with Justin Fields, you know, honestly transferring. But I think my problem lies to where he should have probably made that decision. He probably made this decision a year late. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I, it's not wrong with competing. You know, early in the season, people were like, you know, maybe he might take prom spot. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I mean, I just think it's the best decision for him because I mean, he's <laughs> one year behind from. Mm-hmm. So it'll be. And he already on race to the red shirt year already. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So. I think I feel like uh, you may have had this decision already made to leave, but not necessarily mm-hmm. nowhere to go. You know, after that fourth game mm-hmm. that he played. So, I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm I'm excited to see where he goes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you now, if Oklahoma gets him, we in for rude away. Well, he won't be a three-time – they won't have a three-time Heisman because he would have to sit out of here. I just thought about that because he, he, he didn't redshirt. So he yeah. would have had to sit out a year. So it wouldn't be three back to back. But I'm telling you, if, they, if if he goes to Oklahoma, and I was also hearing that it was at one point I was hearing that Jaden Hazelwood 
and Justin Fields was going to be like a package deal. And, you know, he's choosing between, I think, Georgia, Oklahoma, I want to say Florida State, and those are some of the, the people that were on Jaden Hayesville list. That was a rumor. We don't know how true that is. Obviously, oh. So, yeah. I'm I think I did read something that uh, Fields did. Was what was looking into Florida State? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He Florida State was one of his was one of his uh places that he was looking at. And I also think that's another reason why Sam uh Howell committed to North Carolina too as well, uh just because he he didn't know what the certainty of that happened. Yeah. So I think that kind of was smart if you really think about it. But um another guy we want to talk about is actually one of your guys, Sean Robinson. Um he actually transferred out of TCU, I want to say about two weeks ago. And he made his decision pretty quickly. Um, He's going to Missouri. And uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, he's going to be competing with Kelly Bryant. No, he won't. Sean Robinson will be sitting out this year, and Kelly Bryant will be running the show in, in Missouri. And then once Kelly Bryant graduates and leaves on, Sean Robinson will step in then. Did this catch you off guard? Yeah, I just knew Sean Robinson was going to stay in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Or at least somewhere around Texas, mm-hmm. but him going to Missouri, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, Missouri was the shocking part, mm-hmm. mainly because you know Kelly Bryant, you know, was there. But I mean, I guess it will be good to learn from Kelly Bryant, mm-hmm. and then you know, just losing a, a whole year of el- eligibility. I mean, yeah, I mean, it it, it threw me off guard. And that, I I would have thought he would at least, like I said, stay somewhere in the Big 12 or just Texas in general. But mm-hmm. I would like to read up on why he, he made this decision. Mm-hmm. I can't really think of uh, any of the coaches out there in Missouri. But it just seemed like, you know, Missouri, you know, SEC of all schools to go to, you know. Yeah. He chose Missouri if he wanted to go to the SEC. But – I'm still, I'm still rounding with him, you know. I'm still with my guy. What do you think he? How do you think he'll do in Missouri? I mean, he has a year, like you said, kind of sit back, learn from a veteran and Kelly Bryant. Um, what do you think he can kind of learn from him? I, I mean, I guess just to you know be a leader, you know. Yeah. And uh, learning, you know, how to win because you know Kelly Bryant. What was he like? Fourteen. How many wins he have? He uh, went all Clemson. twelve and two at Clemson. Yeah, twelve and two. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that you know there's main things you can teach him. You know, right. but it, it's just interesting to me that you know Missouri of all places. I don't know, like you said, I don't know if uh you know somebody dropped the bag or what, but you know, right? I ain't you know I ain't I ain't counting that out. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. At this point, no. I mean Missouri, you know, mess around and get. Two well-known quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, you know, the boosters might be cutting the checks, man. We don't know, but yeah, it kind of caught me off guard too. Sean Robinson going there. I thought he'd end up somewhere like Texas Tech, yeah, um, something like that. You know, some kind of low-key but still a pretty decent program. Um, I thought he would end up somewhere like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, him going to uh, you know, Missouri kind of caught me off guard, especially because. You know, because it caught me off guard for a second. I was like, hold up. Him and Kelly Bryant competing. But then I thought about it. I was like, no, he didn't red shirt. So they won't be competing. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they'll be good for him and Kelly Bryant to just kind of, you know, Kelly Bryant to really learn from him. They kind of have similar play styles a little bit. I think Sean Robinson can throw deeper than Kelly Bryant, though. Yeah. That's yeah, probably yeah. the only difference, really. But they kind of have that same kind of dual threat, um, you know, prolific type of, you know, offense, high paced. Um, you know, they, they kind of both got that type of, uh, uh, you know, 
energy to them. So both of that, I think that will kind of work out because Sean Robinson is rash a year. Can really just kind of learn from Kelly, which I think will be very important for him, um, you know, obviously. But I think that it is important that Missouri is kind of keeping that stability of we're going to have a decent quarterback here. I mean, you think about it. Drew Locke, pretty decent quarterback. Let's be honest. Right. Um, Kelly Bryant, pretty decent quarterback. Pretty decent college football quarterback. Sean Robinson, very good deep, uh, like very good, you know, college quarterback. I think that's going to be, I think that's really a good look for the program that they have this stability at quarterback. Because what, what year is Sean Robinson in right now? His sophomore year, right? Yeah, I want to say sophomore year. So next year, he'll technically be a sophomore redshirt. So he'll sit and then he'll come in again that next year. And, you know, he'll be a sophomore redshirt technically or a junior redshirt at that point. And, you know, he'll be able to play. And that just kind of shows stability that you know who the next quarterback at least is going to be at Missouri. So this can help Missouri recruiting-wise as well. Right, right. So I think that's a pretty big deal for them. I think they should be excited at Missouri. Um, and I think they, like you said, I don't know if they're dropping the bag or not on people, but I think that's definitely something that, you know, they're building out there that's looking pretty special. I mean, this year they went, what, 8-4? and four? Yeah, they. I mean, for them, they, that's that's a yeah. decent year, man. They I mean, potentially go nine and four. Yeah, and if they win the bowl game, yeah, they'll be nine and four. So I mean, we got to give a little bit of you know credit to what they're doing out there in Missouri. I think it kind of deserves more credit than uh what it's getting. So I definitely want to give Missouri a little love here because I think what they're doing is pretty pretty amazing, man. I'm not gonna lie, they're building kind of something similar to like a. Even when Wake Forest used to be kind of good and they went to the ACC championship and won, yeah, they kind of remind me of that a little bit. Like with Riley Skinner, you know, guys like that. I think they kind of remind me a little bit of them. So I think that's going to kind of be important for them to just kind of keep building that stability, man. So I think Missouri, you know, I don't know if they're dropping the bag or not, but I think that's definitely big for them to just kind of keep building towards something, you know. Right, right, right. But, yeah, just to kind of uh, start winding things down here, I just wanted to kind of get into a recap of the bowl games last week. Um, Georgia Southern, they got the dub, 10-3 and three season. Uh, great win out of Georgia Southern. Um, I doubted you guys at the beginning of the year. I gave y'all a 5-7 and seven record. A lot of Georgia Southern fans have been on my back about that. I deserve it. I mean, they have played a tremendous game. They've had a tremendous season, beating Appalachian State. Um, you know, having a really good season at Georgia Southern after coming off a 2-10 and 10 season. So shout out to Georgia Southern. I also want to give App State some love. I mean, that's a team we've been giving love to all year. 11-2, and two, uh, a 45-13 win over a pretty good middle out. Tennessee team. Um, shout out to Clifton Duck. Great guy. Uh, a fan of the show. A fan of, you know, a family friend. Uh, a tremendous player as well. He had a tremendous season. Utah State, man. Those guys looked pretty good this year, too. Uh, I really like what I seen from Jordan Love this year. Um, 11-2 season. They went on to blow out North Texas, which also, even in a blowout, had a great season, nine wins. They blowed them out 52-13. to And UAB last night getting their first bowl win, 11-3 season. Kudos Crazy. to UAB um, and what they've accomplished, especially after two years ago not even having a football program. So I want to show them a little bit of love. If you want to elaborate a little bit on App State, I know you want to talk about them a little bit. 
Yeah, man. Uh, went out there in Blue Middleton, Seattle. Mm-hmm. I caught the end of that game. I was uh, as a proud, you know, North Carolinian, App State, still dominating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy, ain't it? Uh, and they just uh, hired uh, Eli. I'm probably going to put oh, yeah, his last yeah, name. Yeah. Dodge Whisk or something. It's something, you know, European sounding. I'm not sure. Um, but he's actually uh, NC State's uh, former offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, so I, I definitely want to see what they're going to do with them as well. Oh, yeah. He, be- he better not get over there and uh... – F things up. Yeah, yeah. Because Satterfield <laughs> has did a great job with that. Uh, he's did a great job with that program over the last few years here. I mean, and they have literally been a machine lately. Yeah, definitely. So I definitely don't want to see them like fall off or anything. Nah, like that. especially uh, being you know fresh into FBS. Nah. Yeah, yeah. They can't fall off right now because they're doing a tremendous job. Um, just to kind of talk about some of the bowl games this week. Now next week. We'll probably have a full show because we'll get closer to college football playoff weekend. Um, so we'll be back at having a full hour show. Um, but this weekend, some pretty decent games. As of right now, um, you have uh, Marshall and South Florida playing this weekend. Uh, Florida, Atlanta, Toledo. Uh, the game that I'm going to be really keeping my eyes on, which I think I'm interested in, is Memphis and Wake Forest. I think that's going to be a pretty decent game at 12 o'clock on Saturday. Um but those are just some of the games I'm kind of looking forward to, uh, you know, this weekend. The day after Christmas, uh, you have Boston College and Boise State. And then that's when it kind of starts kicking off that day after Christmas when the bowl games really start kicking off. So uh, is there any games you're kind of looking forward to within the next, you know, seven days here or so? Yeah, I'm going to watch uh, Memphis and Wake Forest. And I'm probably going to watch uh, Houston Army, you know, despite Ed Alvin not playing. And I mean, really, to to be honest, I'm probably gonna watch all these bowl games to be real, mm-hmm. just because yeah. it's on the game zone. Mm-hmm. And before you know, we get out of here, want to uh, send a shout out to North Carolina A and T. Oh my yeah, new, definitely. My, my new school. Uh, you know, they beat uh, Alcorn State, which was, was actually uh, I was at work watching that game. It was actually a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lamar Rainer, you know, I think he went like thirty-seven and two. Lamar Rainer's gonna get drafted. As as a starter, so I mean, I, I just want to shout out. To I'm you. telling you that now, Lamar Rainer is going to get drafted, probably like sixth or seventh round, but he's going to get drafted this year. Yeah, man, he's a pretty talented kid. But yeah, shout out to North Carolina A&T, 24 to 22 win over Alcon State to win the HBCU championship. I think this is their what second or third year in a row here that they won it, uh, the HBCU championship. See, yeah, I, I want to two see. years in a row. I, I want to say it's three. It might be I, three. It might be three in a row. I'm not I sure. Know, uh, I know, really, I think it's, I want to say it's like the fourth one to one. Yeah. Because I think a one year they opted to go into the FCS playoffs and, you know, obviously they didn't play in the Celebration Bowl. But, mm-hmm. yeah, shout out to those guys. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to North Carolina A&T. It's good to see them, you know, get a win as well. And uh, that program is another one. Uh, that's been doing tremendous, and I, I hope they keep that up. But definitely a shout out to them, uh, Jarrell. If you don't have anything else, man, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm All good. right, I'm man. Merry Christmas to everybody, man. Happy holidays. Have a good one. We will see you guys next week. Continue to listen to the podcast on iTunes at. You know, all things college football as well on Anchor. You can listen to us, put in all things college football. will be the first thing that pops up on iTunes and 
um, Anchor. So if you guys want to check us out there, that's perfectly fine. We really do appreciate everything that you guys do for us. And if you don't have any other anything else, man, I'm out. Man, we up.